0: He's got a beautiful backswing.
1: Dad! Oh, he got all of that one.
2: Oh my gosh,
0: that is amazing. Layup
2: with an iron into the hazard. <laughs> oh
3: my God! You had to deal with the golf course people too.
4: Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Golf Oklahoma org check it all out golf oklahoma victor hovland in the caribbean what did i tell you boys when i put him in my DraftKings lineup last week what did i tell you victor hovland in the caribbean is the dude's a monster he's an absolute beast he loves the atlantic ocean the gulf of mexico all of it he thrives down there he ought to just move down there and become the best golfer in the history of forever it should have been a no-brainer i give it up
1: to you colby the guy is just a beast outside of the U.S., more specifically, like you said, down nor- toward the Caribbean. And How about Victor Hovland making two eagles, and even though he finished with back-to-back bogeys, still got it done, finished at 18-under, one shot ahead of a guy that me and Colby have been high on lately, Scotty Scheffler, uh, and then the upcoming star. I am I am full-on saying that now. Sam Burns is an upcoming star star on the PGA Tour, and he tied for third with Patrick Reed, uh, who is finally back in some decent form, uh, gearing up for the uh, old Hawaii tournament that he loves to play in, (laughs) but except he's not even in that this year, is he? Uh, No, No. he will not be. He he didn't even win last year. He didn't get his invite. So yeah, invite
3: got lost in the mail.
1: But T-Dub, the, the story of this tournament, I mean, it was Justin Rose finishing top 10. Right, T-Dub? I <laughs> he mean, finally broke through.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you guys want to start with this? I want to start with your Sam Burns comment because I do agree that he is an up-and-coming star. But did y'all see what he did on 14? Oh, my God. It yes. was just
3: the... What are oh you doing? It was hard to watch. It, honestly, it was he was very fortunate to make triple because the wedge had no business staying on the green. He made 25 for triple. And, How and, 20 footer? And, and his ball had no business staying on the green. The only reason it stayed up there is because he decided to go wedge. So for those who didn't watch, it was a false front. He goes hybrid putt, hybrid putt, hybrid putt. It rolls back to his feet three times. He pulls out a wedge, chips it up, still doesn't get it up the edge, but it had spin on it like right where the fringe and the green meet. So that actual little ridge of the fringe stopped it. (laughs) And then he makes that putt for a triple. He was lucky he didn't make a 10 or 11 because he could not get the ball up the hill. He actually tweeted uh, after the round and said,
1: I never thought I was going to finish that hole. (laughs) But I mean, how many times can I complain about guys using the hybrid from off the green or the fairway wood? I can't stand
2: it when guys do that. It never turns out well. You can't judge the speed. Well, and it's like, like for after you hit one that comes back to your feet, isn't the natural instinct to have to hit it 20 feet past the damn hole and then just take your medicine? Like, how many times do you have to hit that shot? Or it's like, even if you do hit the hybrid putt a second time, Blast it past the hole. A lot of
1: times you see that with good players, though. They know the tendency is to hit it too far, and so they'll hit it too short. It's like when, uh, you know, an amateur golfer, you know, a 10 handicap, when the ball's below their feet, the ball's going to go right. But actually, with a good player on tour, the ball technically has a, um, you know, tendency to go left because guys are so aware of the
2: ball going right. So I think it's kind of that same uh, phenomenon. Well, and I'll say, too, I mean, we can debate on if he should have did the hybrid putt or not. I will say this. That's like the – obviously, there's only 20 players in the field, so it's not that bad. But right. that was the most common spot anyone hit it all week. Like on any hole. I mean, everyone right. was hitting it in and that spot. And it's the Whether toughest it be,
1: grass to chip off of, I'll give him that. Correct.
2: It, it, more than likely, I would assume it was into the grain if he was yeah, having the no hybrid doubt. putt. And so, even just trying to hit a wedge off that's tough. But at the same time – Take a 7-iron and hit that thing back to – because for anyone who didn't see, he hit his drive left is what led to this, and then he hit his next shot over and long, which we can get on to that, how bad that shot was. But still, I mean, you – and hit it past the hole and make bogey, because what do you end up losing by? Three, three shots? Yeah. lost by three shots, and how many times did you hit the hybrid putt again, Colby? Well, I, I think he
3: hit the hybrid putt three times, and only one of them actually even reached the surface of the green. The other two were way short, and I used to be a hybrid putt guy, but that's back whenever I was, like, practicing it a lot. Just going out and working on it a ton. And once I stopped practicing like that, I couldn't play the hybrid putt anymore, because if you're not hitting that shot constantly, you just don't know what the field is going to be with that popping off, but I mean, my first instinct is you get up over that shot, your miss has to be 10 to 15 feet past the hole. 10 to 15 pe- 10 to 15 feet past the hole. I mean, you're going to make par a a quarter, a third of the time. You're not making any worse than bogey. You're still very much in the golf tournament. You only shoot yourself out of the golf tournament. If you do what Sam Burns did, you just, your miss there has to be 10 feet past the hole. There's only
1: one guy who has mastered the hybrid putt, and that is Oklahoma Boomer Sooners own Todd Hamilton in the,
2: uh, British <laughs> Open. Yes, yeah, he had to master the old search sonar tech. Uh, that was one of the best hybrids <laughs> ever made. And I will say this, Morikawa used it a little bit this I, I week. I was about and to so- get to him, the sneaky
3: choke, we had one. That was, if you watched the front nine, there was nothing sneaky about it. <laughs> I mean, it was sneaky? He went full Steve Stricker at Southern. 76? Yeah. Five-shot league going into Sunday, Sunday, 76. Hovland even said going in Saturday night, he's like, yeah, I didn't know that a win was out there. You figure you post a good number and see what's up. I mean, if the guy who's leading by five shoots 76, then all of a sudden that entire pack of guys who were behind Morikawa that we thought were out of the tournament, it's like, yes, Hovland came back from six strokes down, but – I mean, really, if you would have said Morikawa implodes, then essentially we've got a golf tournament that's anybody's to win. And boy, I'm glad it wasn't Patrick Reed who won it because we get up to the 18th hole and Victor Hovland has to stand there in the fairway twirling his club for 10 minutes while Patrick Reed figures out what's up with the waste area and the drains and everything else that's going on. And I'm watching this on my phone at a bar in Scottsdale. And I'm like, are we really doing this right now? We're really, we've got Patrick Reed on the 18th hole in Victor Holland's group as Vic's about to win the tournament and Patrick Reed can't figure out the ruling of his shot. I'm like, get out of the freaking waste areas <laughs> at the hero, Patrick Reed. It's nothing but trouble. Hey,
1: people like us have brought that on Patrick Reed. Now he has to take forever on every ruling just to make sure that he doesn't get pooped on by everybody but speaking of uh speaking of victor hovland i mean if taylor gooch didn't already do it then victor hovland solidified it this week that oklahoma state is most certainly a golf school
2: oh there's yeah there's no doubt about that one thing i want to ask you guys about because they showed this this headline during the broadcast on sunday and i don't have my years here but i know the three golfers charlie hoffman blew a five-stroke lead in this tournament tiger woods blew a four-stroke lead in this tournament Vijay Singh blew a four-shot lead in this tournament. Hmm. Colin Morikawa has now blown a five-shot lead in this tournament, and he didn't just blow it; he didn't even have a chance on the back
3: nine. He wasn't in. He was not in contention to win the tournament. He
2: didn't have a chance. Right. And what is it about this tournament? There's only the last few years. There's only been sixteen or eighteen players. Now there's twenty. What is it about this small field that even the best players with big leads
3: can't hold it? You think maybe it's the golf course, the conditions? It gets windy down well, there. I, I would sometime. say that. Yeah.
2: The Tiger and uh,
3: Vijay thing we're at Sherwood. Oh yeah, you're right. They they haven't always played this down there. It's Just at, one of those. Golf, I don't know how you just explain golf. it. I don't know how you explain it. Maybe maybe it's the time of year where guys aren't putting in max effort like they are the rest of the year, so their games aren't as sharp, so maybe. they struggle more so to put four rounds together. I don't know. I, go I mean, back I'm, to I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at straws. Back, I'm just brainstorming. Go
1: back to your stat. I mean, I mean, how many guys win after
3: leading on Saturday? Yeah, not he, not very many but when they lead 37%, by 37% when they lead by 4 plus I bet And they a, plus, and they're bet the best players in the world when they lead, I wonder what this what the percentage is when you lead by 4 plus I mean I bet it's still not in the 80s or 90s I bet it's probably 70 ish percent it, It's got to be above 55 I, I mean I would guess. think it's so It's probably
2: a fair I mean depends how far you go back but it's not that big a sample size
3: No you it's know. not and and also I'd be really curious to see what that statistic is and and I mean it's hard to do this you take the best player ever out of it but I mean, Tiger had a ton of four-plus shot leads that he converted. How many just normal, mortal human beings have blown four-plus shot leads? A lot more probably than Tiger did throughout his career. And you even said Tiger did it at the Hero, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it happens to the best of the best. But we were talking about this before we came on. Victor Hovland is now the seventh-ranked player in the world. He's ranked ahead of Bryson DeChambeau, Rory, Oosthuizen, Scheffler, Finau, Burns, Spieth, Kepka, all these guys. Victor Hovland is the seventh-ranked player in the world It's amazing how steady he's been since he made his way out on tour.
1: Who wins a major first? Is it going to be Victor Hovland or Scotty Scheffler or Sam Burns?
3: I'd have to go Hovland because of those three, he's shown me a better ability to close and actually win golf tournaments.
2: Do they have any majors in the Caribbean? (laughs) <laughs> that's a great question because we keep saying outside the United States, I don't see any wins for Hovland in Europe, and he's from Europe. I mean, not on the European tour,
3: so right. I mean, let him come, let him happen. But so we got I, Puerto I th- Rico, we've got double Mayakobas, and we've got <laughs> <That's> the, hero. <laughs> the hero.
2: He does have USAM. I mean, that's pretty, that's about as big as it gets too. At, at Pebble Beach. So yeah. when's the, when's the next time US opens at Pebble? That might be when. Hovland when's wins. last
1: time? That, or when's the next time there's a major by the ocean? Uh good question. The
3: Southern country Hills. club <laughs> We got the country club, Southern Hill, Saint Andrews and Augusta, so there aren't any this year. Country Club's not is by Saint the ocean Andrews up there, is it by the ocean?
2: No. no, I don't think no. so. No. no.
3: No, it's not? No. What course? St Andrews. Old course. No. No. So I, mean, I know it's I mean, not it's on it's, the
1: ocean. I didn't know if it was by it. I mean it's fairly one.
2: close. I
3: mean, it's close. They, they show it's, over, overheads and Yeah, it's, but but it doesn't come into play on the golf course. It's not like I'm not or cypress or anything.
1: Maybe so his best chance to win this year? At a major will be at St. Andrews.
3: But but then you've got to factor in the weather too. St. Andrews by by the bay, that's cold and windy, whereas Bahamas is Warm and Windy. Warm and breezy and nice. (laughs) I went to the Bahamas once. This is a nice place. Be a good place to play some golf. So shout out to Victor Hovland. Huge congrats to him. That's just and you know, he gets asked the question and some people are talking about, you know, is this a win? Is this isn't a win? Yes, this is a win. There are world ranking points on the line. It's a stacked field. I know it's a limited field, but it's a stacked field. It's Yes, it's a win, and I I don't have it pulled up oh. yet, Sam. It was <laughs> I couldn't find it, and uh, we were a little bit short on time today. If you can pull it up, we'll play at his answer whenever he's asked if it feels like a win. But, I mean, yeah, it's a win. It's a great field. If, I don't care if you're just playing a 1v1
2: match. If you start more than five down the Colin Murakawa and you win, I'm saying I want a major championship. I mean, that is just – I don't care who you are, and he goes out and beats all these players. Hell, yeah, it's a win. Anyone who says it is, just give me a break. I
1: got it up, right here, and this is going to be on a hot key in the future. Not an
2: official
3: PGA tour win, but did it feel like one given the strength of the field and kind of the hell yeah! W yeah. is <laughs> a W, I guess. Yeah. Hell yeah, hell is a w. Yeah. I'm betting it's gonna feel like a win tomorrow whenever that direct deposit hits too. No doubt. And I love you know I, I don't just... think the bank discriminates between PGA Tour events and unofficial <laughs> events.
1: <laughs> no doubt. And it and, and... Like I was talking to TG about, I mean, it has to feel awesome to win right before the off season, and it's kind of the same thing with Hovland
3: as it is Gooch. Yeah, so Hovland's gonna have what all of three weeks to enjoy his off season. <laughs> I know it's just crazy how golf just goes so year round. And um, I do know,
1: I you know, I do know that he's gonna go over to Norway and spend some time away from golf and see some family too.
2: That'll so. be good. It's always nice to recoup a And, you know, like we talked about last week, guys, strength of field was 296. I mean, that's like five times as high as the Bermuda Championship. And so, I can't even remember who won that term, but whoever it was is going to say they have a
1: win. So. so, boys, we've
2: talked about the top of the leaderboard.
1: Let's go down to the bottom of the leaderboard and talk about the crazy scenario that happened that I never really thought I would see on the PGA Tour or any – a big tournament. I know this wasn't PGA Tour, but... By by the way, can we talk about
3: the gap between the top 18 guys in this field and the bottom two? (laughs) Because 18th place in this tournament was Rory at six under. You have to drop seven shots further back to get to Henrik at one over. And then five shots back of Henrik is a Jordan Spieth, it looks like, here on the leaderboard, (laughs) (laughs) who went 75-76 on the weekend. I mean, who gave (laughs) this guy his card? Come on now, but... Uh, I wasn't actually watching top
2: 20. By the way, we were asking last time how Henrik got in this tournament? He was he's the fin- he was the finning champion. Oh, you're
3: right. <laughs> Cuz they didn't have it last year. <laughs> you're I totally
2: right. forgot about that. that okay, yep. that yeah, makes could, more could sense. Could you now. imagine a finning champ of a tournament not getting to play?
1: So, T-Dub, <laughs> do you want me to explain it? or you Go ahead and explain what happened in, okay, this, so in this scenario. Okay, so, basically,
2: and there, there's some other stuff in here, considering... They, they, we had the old DJ situation. Of they had it posted all over the place, apparently. Nevertheless, they get up to... Spieth and Stinson are in the final group on Sunday, so they're out first. They're just trying to get done with their day. Go enjoy the Bahamas or get home, whatever they want to do. They get up to the ninth T box after eight, and... They step up, and they tee off, and they seem to be content walking down the fairway. Next thing you know, rules official comes up and says, hey, do you guys hit from the right tee box? And they're like, what are you talking about? And they look back, and they're like, oh, okay. So what they did was was that they had taken the tee box that was on Number seventeen, or I think it was seventeen. The part three, they moved that T box on seventeen back to where the number ninety had been the last three days. It was on the same T
1: box as the ninety was the three days previous. Yeah.
2: So the the new the seventeenth hole for Sunday was where the ninety had and to been. Be fair. They day.
1: were obviously the first group out, so, so
2: it's so, not like so they tricked them. They did. Yeah, and, they tricked them. And so, one thing to they me mentioned it falls on Greller, right? Griller has to know. And the, yeah, because they had it posted everywhere. And one thing they mentioned was that the ninth hole was downwind. So they were like, why in the world are we going to have up tees when we're downwind? Because we saw people were hitting it through the fairway into the water. So they are like, well, why are we doing this? So, I mean, it, it makes sense. But from what they say, they had it posted all over, kind of like a DJ situation, like I mentioned earlier. So... And you, I, one of the things is you can rule out cheating because they went like 40 yards farther back than they should have. Yeah, yeah you know, usually when you have the wrong tee, you're, it's like moving up 40 yards like you said. Sam. No, they they were trying to hurt themselves, basically. Yeah. So, I mean, it's have any of y'all ever done that?
1: No, I, I think they were just ready to get home considering how bad they were playing.
3: So, in the Ouachita Valley this past summer, <laughs> my group comes around at the turn. It's a nine-hole golf course. You play it twice. You play different sets of tees. And hole one and ten is a par three, but the two sets of tees are... Probably, I'm not, I'm not talking distance-wise, the two holes are played from different angles. So the two tees are 80 yards apart, and we we thought we were in the right place. We weren't in the right place, but there, there was a mistake on the rule sheet that two different rule sheets were distributed, which kept us from having to take a penalty because we had the wrong rule sheet, which told us the wrong box, and it was... The whole thing was just a complete cluster you-know-what. But yes, my group did accidentally hit from the wrong tees, from an incident that was not our fault, they chose not to penalize us because we didn't even realize we'd hit from the wrong tees until after the round. This is right. on number ten. We didn't realize until after the round that this had even happened. I had already left the golf course because I played terrible. I went, <laughs> I went back home and, and conceived a baby. We were, we were gone. <laughs> That's uh, shout out Watchtower Valley. Layla's a Watchtower Valley baby. I, I think I've already said that on the air, but anyway, I was uh. gone from the golf course. I didn't find out until the next morning. They had like some big meeting about it to determine whether we should be penalized (laughs) and all this stuff. I I got to the golf course the next morning and somebody walks up and they're like, man, lucky deal yesterday not having to take that penalty. And I'm like... What are you talking about? <laughs> turns out we had played the par three from about 30 yards further than we were supposed to because we had gotten mixed up on the rule sheets as far as where we were supposed to hit. So, in, in all so, fairness, yes, that is a nine-hole course, too.
2: you know. Yes. So it's like you're playing at the same time around. So that, that is easily doable. I've actually done that before. I've that, actually – or where I, I hit from like 20 yards closer. And then I walked off tee box, I looked back, I said, oh, shit, you, I in the
3: wrong tee box. People will do it at Oak Tree on three and nine, mm-hmm. east and west because those tee boxes, kind of those holes kind of crisscross. So I know, I know people, I think one of the guys down in Chickasha said that his son, uh, Brock German, was playing in a tournament out there and like their whole group, I think, hit from the wrong tee because those holes crisscross. Right.
1: You know, it, it, it's one of those things that has to, everything has to align for this to happen in a big-time tournament. Uh, you know, like if it was on the PGA Tour in the, you know, United States of America, there probably would have been more fans out there Correct, And so there might have been more fans lining the tee box in a specific way um, that you might have realized it or, um, you know, obviously if they weren't the first group out, they wouldn't have hit from the wrong tee box. And obviously they moved the tee box, the tee markers onto the same tee boxes that was for a different hole. So a lot of things have to go right or wrong. Wrong for Jordan Spieth and uh, Henrik Stenson to do this. It's just pretty hilarious that it happened in a, uh, in a televised event.
2: Well, and, you know, like, of course, like Carson Creek, right? I mean, if you just have one set of tee markers, you're never going to hit from the wrong tee box. Because it's literally
1: impossible. That, that's to. another thing, is there's only one set of tee markers out there. I'm sure the same thing uh, was at the Hero, except for the fact that those tee markers were specifically there for a different
2: hole. Yeah, it's just when you have two holes right beside each other, and <laughs> I've never really seen that before. I've seen... Holes where They're, it's that, like on use, number
1: uh, 15 and 17 out at National, at Oak Tree National. They have, you know, that back tee box can yeah, sometimes example, be yeah. Uh, yeah. on 17 yeah. tee box for the part three.
2: Yeah, same as um I played it before where they put for number six, they put it back on number yep. eight T box. Yep, so, so they've done that. And then you before can do that well. before too if yep. you're trying to or they've had number nine back behind number two T box. Right. You know, when you exactly. throw it way back there. Yep. So I mean you yep. can but but that all goes down to course setup. When you got holes that are right beside each other, like this case it happened, but of course like Carson Creek, like we mentioned, when no holes are beside each other,
3: literally impossible to do. If I ever go to Oak Tree National and they have the T's behind number two T box for number nine I don't think I'm playing that hole.
2: <laughs> oh, I remember? That's where it was in the transmiss. I couldn't get to the fairway.
3: Oh, I remember that's where it was in the transmiss. I that didn't
2: in the fairway bunker every time. That,
3: that was, a was an absolutely miserable three days. you got to aim for
1: the, the Hogan fairway down the middle. What yep. year was that? Like
3: 2012 Yeah, transmiss? That was a miserable three day experience. It was 100. It was only a two day experience for me.
1: <laughs> Thank God you didn't play that last day. That was, that was worse. It was only a two and a half day
3: experience for me because we're going to have Matt Mabry on to tell some stories earlier. I don't know if we've told this story before, but I can tell it again. We're out there at Transmiss. It's like 115 degrees, three straight days. Taylor makes the cuts. So we play day one, day two. And I guess the course was set up too easy. Somebody complained. So they go out, they set the course up, and it's just a freaking moth. Her on day three. So we go out there. And <laughs> because someone like broke the course record or tied. It was like it. 65, 63 was leading. And yeah. it's like, how in yeah. the world does that happen? It was crazy. So anyway, so we go out. Final day is 36. So you play 18-18, 36 on the final day if you make the cut. It's like 115 degrees that day. I'm caddying for Taylor, walking Oak Tree National, carrying the bag. And I, I don't even remember. What did you shoot the first 18? I don't even and remember. It was high 70s.
2: It was so, I Yeah, 78,
3: 79, something like that. And we walk off. I think you started on the back. So we walk off 9 green, and we're standing there by the putting green in the clubhouse parking lots right there. And Taylor looks at me. He's like, man. I, I don't have any chance in this tournament. It's been a long couple days. If you want to head out, you're good to go. And I was like, all right, man, good luck.
2: <laughs> Dude, I never saw him. I just saw the dust
3: going to the car. And then I then I heard an engine go up. and <laughs> I put that back down so fast. I got in my car. Drove. Drove, I drove, I don't even remember. I think I was living in Stillwater at the time. And I was living in Stillwater. Maybe it was the summer, so I was living down in Chickasha. So I drove an hour to wherever I had to get. And I took a shower, and I was asleep within three minutes.
2: <laughs> I'm surprised the Oak Tree police didn't pull you over with how fast you were speeding out of there. Uh, dude, hey, I, we, I, I
3: hightailed it out of there so fast.
1: We used to call the Oak Tree guard gate on ourselves when we were younger. Me and Hayden Wood <laughs> and a couple other guys. We used to call them and be like, hey, these kids are in my yard. And we'd go stand in that yard and wait for them to get there and then scatter in different directions. And whoever got caught
2: lost. <laughs> what? What? That's the most degenerate thing I've ever heard. <laughs> How old were you? Uh, Hopefully, you're like eight or nine. Oh no, no this
1: were sixteen like, for sure. No, we were like twelve. Okay, thirteen. Yeah, I mean bad. that
3: sounds like something that that middle school boys would do. So you went yeah. out
2: of your way to grab a phone to yeah. call him and say hey, and then you went to that yard.
3: Yeah. And then, then what happened when they
2: showed? Stood in the front the, yard and then scattered. Did you have like a rule like they had to get out of the truck before you could run? Like no, like, they never got out of the truck. They would drive everywhere. I respect it. I I respect it. Would they drive into yards and stuff? Yeah,
1: I mean, if you were lucky enough to, like, find a little pathway back to the golf course, you could hide in a bunker. They'd never find you there. That's brilliant. That was my key. But I knew the course like the back of my hand, so I had an advantage on all the kids that were, like, football players and whatever. So... (laughs)
2: That's absolutely brilliant. scouting so, at the course more to hide from the yeah, court
1: than you are to Exactly. I kept course. my yardage book in my back pocket.
3: <laughs> and all you had to do was make a phone call. All you had to do was make a phone call, and it was all set up. That's oh, perfect. Yeah, that's great. All you have to do for the absolute best dentistry in the metro, make a phone call. Ring Family Dentistry. Ring them up. They go out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading-edge technology delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. They've got implants, clear aligner, orthodontics. They do it all. All decisions are made by the patient. If they can't show why treatment is needed, They will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to the patient. Now, I mentioned we were going to have Matt Mabry on. Story time with Mabes. Sam? Hey, by the way, before we,
1: before we get to Maves, I want to uh, give a shout-out to my guy, Brett Layton. He sent me uh, – he's a listener of the pod, and he sent me um, a cup that his wife makes, and they have a company called Kick-Ass Cups. You can follow them on Instagram and Twitter at Kick-Ass Cups. These cups are – I mean, they're I kick-ass. Mean, this is kick-ass. Yeah. This is –
3: the, we, we need cup, to, we need I'm going to tweet, I'm gonna tweet out a tweet out picture, a
1: picture yes. of it, but it has the 73rd hole logo. It has the Eagles, the ruse, the sports animal, and a, and a tiger, obviously. I mean, the tiger, and we'll get to tiger in, in, uh, in the future on this podcast because we got, we got some oh, yeah. stuff to talk about. We have big cats um, on the prowl. But anyways, big shout out to them. I mean, these are awesome, and go get you some. This will be a great little stocking
3: stuffer uh, for, for Christmas. Imagine so. how kick-ass this cup would be without the Eagles logo. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a good-looking cup at that point. I we do just... like the I do like the green on it
2: though. Kind of that dark green is kind of like it's a... a it's Eagles colors.
3: Is mm. that what it is? Eagles? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. How, How about, about Gardner Minshew? <sighs> Got yourself a quarterback finally. <laughs> I say just roll with Minshew, future of the franchise. I love it. All right, it's time now. Uh, Sam, bring in your boy Matt Mabry, and now we are joined by the great Matt
1: Mabry. Some of you might have seen his tweets before. Uh, on Twitter, he does this segment on Twitter called "Story Time with Maves." And Maves, I'll, I'll let you explain it a little bit further on how you got started doing this. But uh, just to give the listeners a little background, May- Matt Mavery was my teammate uh, at the University of Tulsa. He's an Arkansas boy from Little Rock uh, and has played on the mini tours for many years now. And uh, and so Maves, just take it away, and uh, and then we'll get to your story. But tell me how you started this first of all.
0: What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Uh, started uh, probably a couple years ago, and I'm driving. You know, playing the mini tour circuits, and you got eleven hour driving. You're bored, and I just had memories run through my head, and I just felt like the world needed to hear them. You know, so <laughs> I was just like, "Alright, story time, y'all." Pull up a chair and listen up, and I just tell some some messed up story that happened during my uh, twenty years of playing competitive golf we all have a lot of stories but no one's
1: as good of a storyteller as Mabes so Mabes uh you tipped me off a little bit you said to ask you about conference and college at Oak Tree East Course correct uh in 2014 the family
0: side over there yeah and actually I wanted to do this one because that's where we met because you came out you were coming in the next year right that was a good one uh so back in 2014 fourteen 'cause the cop, this was back in Tulsa it was in the conference USA days. And, uh, the tournament was always at Texas country club, which is a great course. And the weather is always perfect in the spring there. But for some reason, they decided to move it to Oak tree East in April. And it was like 45 and blowing 25 out of the north. So that was fun. And, uh, Logan McCracken and I, he's another Oklahoma boy. We finished first and second in that tournament, and our team finished third. <laughs> so it was a fun uh, car ride home. But <laughs> a little backstory to this one. Uh, What's the three and four back shoot? What's the three and four back shoot? I got to know. Uh, dude, I can't remember. We were leading the tournament after the first two rounds, and I know three through five didn't break 80 the last round, and I'm pretty sure – they were a combined, like, ten over on number 18. Oh, God. Coming in. <laughs> okay, all right. Continue your story. So, I remember first round, we teed off on the back nine, and I'm walking off seven tee box, and I see a Tulsa head cover laying on the ground. I was like, oh, somebody dropped their head cover, <laughs> pick it up, and, no, nope, there's a driver head in there. <laughs> That's good. What? And uh, I'm like, well, I know who this is. We had a guy from New York who's a bit of a hothead, and uh, so we get done. And I was like, hey man, here's your driver head. And he's like, oh thanks. I was like, you hit a bad tee shot off the it? and he's like, no, I dumped a chip on six, <laughs> threw my wedge in my bag, and my driver broke. And I was like, oh okay. So that night he had to hitch a ride back to Tulsa to get a new driver. So he, has to drive, he drives his own car back. So that's a uh, little well, prelude to this story. But uh, after all this goes down, we're driving home, and Colton Staggs and Mark Mumford, the guy who I was just talking about, are riding with Mumford because he's got his own car now. <laughs> and Coach Pryor did, did not say a word. You all know the drive from Oklahoma City to Tulsa. You know, you get to that uh, the toll booth about halfway through the Terrapike, Coach Brown did not say a word the entire drive until we got to the toll booth. And all of a sudden, he just goes, Guys, I have never in my 40 years of coaching seen a team where a guy finished first and second and the team didn't win. That's just unbelievable. And me and Logan are just sitting there holding our trophies like, What do you love to do about it, Coach? The two guys that blew it are riding home in a different car. <laughs> I just don't understand it. How can I be that bad? I was like, well, coach. At least you just get to go with me and Logan to regionals now, through the whole team.
3: That's brilliant. That's
0: That's, actually. It reminds me. It's going to be less
3: expensive. (laughs) (laughs) That is classic. Coach Brock. You're on a budget. You can save some money there. Reminds me of our high school golf team in 2010, which was Taylor and I's junior year. Taylor won regionals. Myself. And our three-bag, Brady Bellinger, qualified for state as individuals. So we had the regional champ. Two other guys qualify for state as individuals. We did not qualify as a team because we didn't have a fourth guy who could break 100.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, oh, You man. see, uh, Oklahoma's a little more competitive than Arkansas, though. In Arkansas, if you just break 100, you go to state. So. M-
1: Maves, while we got you on, I-, I need to hear some more great Brogdon quotes. Do, do any come to
0: mind? <laughs> There's one that you said. That- you like to say a lot. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> you like make a double bogey or something, and he's like, I don't know why you're upset about right? it. You hit five bad shots. You'd be happy you didn't make seven. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, That's a good one. That's a really good one. That is absolutely one. true.
1: Oh, man. <laughs>
2: What's the other one, Sam? The, the fairways. 30 yards wide, and the golf ball is only one inch <laughs> yeah, wide? Yeah,
1: we're standing up. I I mean, we had gone to Oktoberfest the night before, and I'm sitting up on the first tee, the scariest hangover tee shot of all time uh, at the oh, Patriots.
0: yeah, And the wind blowing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and, and Brogdon put his arm around me, and he goes, Sammy, he goes, imagine how many golf balls would fit in that fairway. He goes, it's not that hard. <laughs> 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 so, what a legend. Oh, I'll the –
0: I like on the old pen. Like, someone's complaining about how tough the pen is on a part three. No, the, the green don't move, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good quote. That's that, actually very true. That's brilliant. That's
3: absolutely brilliant. Maves, that's uh, great stuff. We're going to have to get you on more often for some of these stories. I know our listeners are going to eat it up. We appreciate you. All right. Thanks for having me, boys. <laughs> All right,
1: Maves. Have a good one.
3: Matt Mabry joining us here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Story time with Mabes. Follow him on Twitter, Matt Mabry. Follow us at the 73rd hole on Twitter, 73rd hole on Instagram. Make sure you head over to GolfOklahoma.org. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side, and keep this thing rolling on a Tuesday. Stay with us here, 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
4: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McCray Roofing. McCray Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs.
3: Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. It's, uh, we need to at some point have a paid subscription to our off-air conversations that are beyond not safe for work. We'd have to have paid subscriptions because we certainly can't put any sponsors what on are the talking? conversations we have between the We were just we talking about the, the Lions game. We were just talking about the Lions game. And it's so funny. I did Jared not gone. know what NSFW
2: stood for until now.
3: Are you serious? Serious? I swear to God. Until just now?
2: Until just now. This is the first moment I realized not safe for I would have never guessed that in a million years. Really? I have no idea
3: what it meant. I just knew it meant bad. That's I hilarious. didn't even know what
2: it stood for. That, that makes so much
3: sense. <laughs> We're, of course, talking about Lions Film. Lions Film is not safe for work yeah. because they're atrocious. But Jared Goff,
1: big day. Big day for Jared Goff yesterday. You know where I bet they'll have a nice article in Sports Illustrated about they it. They
3: probably will. They probably will have a nice little write-up, a little... <laughs> little portfolio in Sports Illustrated, so good stuff (laughs) for Jared Goff. Uh, We're having a good time here on a Tuesday. You know who was having a good time in the Bahamas this week? I mean, boys, the big cat is on the prowl. I know. He's looking swole. I mean, he's absolutely jacked. He's out here hitting range balls. He's pumping drivers. I want to know, did y'all see some of the close-ups in the pictures? So part of the time that he was hitting range balls, he was wearing two golf shoes, and then part of the time, he took his golf shoe off his right foot and put a tennis shoe on his right foot and kept hitting range balls with a tennis shoe on his right foot, which I thought was very interesting, probably, as he just works his way back into strengthening that up and twisting I on it and doing if all those he's things. he's trying
1: to strengthen it. Like, you know what I mean? Because wouldn't it be harder to keep your balance with a tennis shoe? And so he's trying to, like, wouldn't you have to use your muscles in your right leg more with a tennis shoe?
2: I think probably, if I would assume... You know, a lot of golf shoes—they're tighter around the ankles. At least they are. Yeah. For me. yeah. So it's like you almost need more ankle flexibility to you wear a golf
1: shoes. You would think that shoe. Tiger could hit up Phil Knight and say, "Give me some different shoes."
3: Oh, I'm sure <laughs> that they've been working on some some stuff. But I just—I thought it was interesting that he switched to the tennis shoe for part of the range session. But he was down at the other end of the range, the private range there at Albany, and I mean, he was pumping drivers. He had a bucket there with a hundred balls in it. He's— How about him not
1: being scared to hit balls in front of people now?
3: I, I think I love it. I think every day there were either pictures or videos of him hitting balls. I'm pretty sure he, hit, he had a about him red. him wearing red on or four Sunday, days too? I got to get me one of those shirts. Three out of four days he practiced? That's what they said. Okay. I, I thought, I, thought it was I saw four, bu- but they said three or four.
1: Big buckets, too. Like, long-range sessions. Yeah.
2: And the biggest thing is drivers and three woods. And yeah, they we're, looked, not, we're not just hitting
1: eight irons. They look decently fast. I mean, it, it looked like he obviously wasn't swinging at, you know, ball speed 180 like he was at the Hero, whatever, three years ago. But it seemed like he was getting it out there at least 280.
3: I mean, I think the reality is, from this point forward in Tiger's career, for him to actually win on the tour, it's going to have to be one of those weeks where he hits his five iron closer than everybody else hits their eight iron. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's the reality we're in. But,
1: but, I mean, that's how he's always won. He just need, I think he might, you know, in a perfect world, maybe hit more fairways and lay back a little bit, and he's the best iron player of all time. Maybe we see him go on another street. Maybe. I'm being positive. Positive poly right? It's easy
3: now. to do after we see all these videos coming out. Everybody always
1: gets excited. <laughs> Remember when I said he would never win again, like two weeks ago? What a dumbass I was! Because <laughs> I am all in on Tiger. He's it's, gonna win. He's gonna win this year. This oh the reverse jinx,
2: is what you did. Reverse jinx. I don't but, think he's
1: gonna win this year. I did reverse jinx. So, it. Maybe I should go back. He's never winning again.
2: You know. So here, here's the way I look at it, right? And this is where optimism comes in. If Tiger had to play an 18-hole tournament in a cart, he'd play tomorrow, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, we've already
1: yeah. heard uh, from a bunch of sources that he's playing in the father-son, which is carts, number one. And number two, Charlie gets the tee off from so far up that he they're going to take most of his drives anyway. So I think that they're going to play in the father-son and actually be able to compete a little bit.
2: I mean, if we would have – like we were just so excited about the video coming out, we would have said back in of January or February that he'd even be swinging. And we're talking about he could literally play 18 holes in a cart if he needed to desperately – I mean, that's a long ways away from 72 walking, though. And maybe even more than that when you include playoffs and all that.
3: I heard a great idea. this Last week, a couple weeks ago, I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember which one it was. I wish I could credit whoever it was because this is a great idea. They said that the PGA Tour needs to implement new regulations. A new rule specifically for Tiger's comeback. Tiger wants to enter a PGA Tour tournament. This is what he does. He shows up on Sunday wearing red. He doesn't play the first three rounds. It, the the first three rounds are a career lifetime achievement award. Tiger starts Sunday's round two back. <laughs> every time he wants to tee, every time he wants to tee it up in a PGA Tour event, he shows up on Sunday. He gets to use a cart. He starts two back. May the best man win. I'm love, in.
1: I'm in. I'd, I'd pay good money
3: watching. Hey, so I mean, was that jo- achievement
1: award? Was that Joey Lacava behind him in these videos? Uh,
3: good question. I, th- I don't know. I think it was. Uh, what's his best friend's name? That's always Is that with Robbie
1: Mack? I think it was Robbie Mac. Was. Was. I thought
3: Robbie was smaller than that.
2: Whoever was my- kind of a far video away. We might. I need thought. To find for, a I thought picture. I saw a different
3: picture that Robbie Mack was in. Okay. So I think that it was Robbie Mac and Bryson was down there hitting balls with him one day. The eighth-ranked player in the world, one behind Victor Hovland. Thanks for trying though, Bryson.
2: Man, Bryson, he was leading after two rounds. Let's not forget that.
3: He was. We were all looking a little dumb for the heavy fade. And then he very much came back down to earth with a 73-74 on the weekend. He ends up finishing T-14. So, um, uh, By the way, your mom just tweeted at me, Colby. Oh, did she? Something good? Something bad? Something well, in between? At
1: least we're finally over uh, Bedlam talk. So uh, <laughs> here we go. Uh, these movies, I'll let you guys decide movies. From these movies, you you have to choose 3 if you're going to a desert island. Oh, I
3: saw you tweet this this morning, but I can't remember you, the movies. You so got to take 3 movies. How many how many do we have? 3
1: wrap. that you can watch for you can only watch 3 more movies for the rest of your life, but you can watch them over and over again. All right. So you got Friday Night Lights. Man, it's hard to beat that. You got Remember the Titans. Oh, shit. You got Waterboy. You got He Got Game. Love and Basketball. 42. The Sandlot. Moneyball. Coach Carter. Hoosiers, Rocky, Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball, Miracle, and White Men Can't Jump. So uh, I said I tweeted out and I said that my three would obviously, and it's not even close, would be Happy Gilmore, Coach Carter, and Miracle. Your mom said how how is Remember the Titans not on your list? I love Remember the Titans, but it's not it's not as good as Miracle. It, not as good as Miracle, and I just love Coach Carter because it was when I was growing up. It's one of the, my favorite movies ever. And then Happy Gilmore is the greatest sports movie ever made.
3: What's you, the What's the hockey movie called again? Miracle, Miracle, Miracle. Yeah, see, Miracle. Because th- This is America? America, Miracle, Miracle, <laughs> yeah.
2: The hard thing miracle. about Miracle, Miracle. The hard thing about this list he, is that he didn't say Miracle, <laughs> Miracle Whip, whipping those he, bucks he, into he the didn't. He didn't say. Do you believe in miracles? What were you saying though? I was going to say the hard thing about this list is that. If you only have three more movies, like, for example, Friday Night Lights is one of my favorite movies ever, but it's a hard movie to watch repetitively because the ending sucks. Yeah. You know, so
3: it's like, speaking of even that, it's a better movie, <laughs> but. Yeah, so I can, We I had well, a Friday well, Night Lights <laughs> ending at the Big 12 Championship. I, have, I narrowed my list down. I narrowed my list down to five. got okay, Remember the Titans, Sandlot, Coach Carter, Happy Gilmore, and Dodgeball. I've limited to my top five. Um, I love Remember the Titans so much, but I don't know that I could rewatch it forever. So, I think I'm going to throw out Remember the Titans, because I don't think I could rewatch it forever. Sandlot, Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball, Coach Carter. If I'm watching something forever, I like to be in a good mood. I like to laugh and have a little fun. I think I'm throwing out Coach Carter. I think I'm going Sandlot, Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball. Dodgeball, to me, is a vastly underrated... I don't hate it. I mean, these are all great.
1: You can't get any of these wrong, except for, I mean, maybe... Money. Go on and make your jokes, you jokey joke maker. Maybe Moneyball. Rocky is too old. Hoosiers is but way dude, too Rocky's old. Dude, Rocky's a
2: classic man.
3: And there's so no, many, and that's it, the thing I'm about a Rock- Philly guy. I like but, Rocky. But the problem but it's is just... the Rocky's not the best Rocky. Yeah, I know. It's that, not. That's, that's true. The best Rocky not, Four. Not,
2: so if you had the Rocky series, I mean, they would
3: obviously be right. have to be in there because right. you'd have And then movies, obviously,
1: Waterboy's out because Happy Gilmore is better than Waterboy. Yeah, and you're not
3: just going to watch Adam Sandler the rest of your life. See, that's the
2: thing. You have to get, like, Comedy, serious, and then like flex. Spot. I need to watch Forty Two
1: again. I can't remember a lot about them. Do movie. we want
3: to while Chad we're talking about the uh, while we're talking about the programs? Do we want to go ahead and fire off thirty seconds of Yellowstone? We should. All right, let's do it. Y- you uh, start it spo- off. Spoiler alert! By the way, we're gonna do thirty seconds of Yellowstone. We'll start the clock. I'll start it off. We'll go back and forth as soon as the buzzer sounds. We're done. Yep. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, come back in thirty seconds from now. All right, uh, Jamie and his dad weird relationship. Dad's a weird guy. He, he's gotta go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Walker got stabbed and then just got thrown in the ring with, uh, with what's his old face? Lloyd, they put Lloyd, him in the pin. Yeah. They like took the knife out, sewed him up, and put him in the pen. <laughs> Uh Beth got to meet his dad's new friend. Yeah, they hit it off. That went really well. They, yeah. they seem like they're gonna be <laughs> friends in the future.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, how about the boy, boy who we just call boy, I guess, at the end of the movie said he wants to be like Rip? Uh, he said he wants to be like John Dutton. Right. He said I wanna
3: be him. <laughs> oh, was it Rip walking away or was it John Dutton walking away? It was John Dutton walking away. 30 seconds, okay. Yellowstone! I didn't realize that. I thought it was Rip walking away. 30 seconds, Yellowstone. Good stuff. All Good right. stuff. What were y'all saying you wanted to dive into with the disaster or the Big 12 championship or Venables or whatever? Was there something else we wanted to get into before we go Scottsdale? Because I got I got some, some story time from Scottsdale. Well, I want to hear some
2: I, I, Scottsdale. I, I got
3: to know. You're the biggest OSU
2: family I've ever met. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about it, that's the most OSU thing to do, right? Just totally... Bust OU for the first time ever in ten years, and then just totally choke it
3: off. Oh, for sure. Anytime something good happens for OSU, (laughs) pain is waiting right around the corner. So I guess I uh,
1: was rooting for OSU. I was wearing this orange hat, my only orange hat that I got. I was rooting for OSU. I wore my, you know, black and orange on Saturday, and unfortunately, just didn't didn't work out.
2: I guess first, what are your what were your thoughts, and then second of all, what was the reaction from the rest of the pals? Because I'm sure it wasn't very pretty.
3: Uh, so they were texting a little bit during the game uh, about whether... Caveat, your parents and sister went to the game, correct? They went to the game, yes. They were there. So they were texting me asking about whether they showed a couple replays on TV. Desmond Jackson, whenever he like caught the ball over the defender, but right. clearly did not score. But they didn't review it, and they were in the stadium, couldn't really see it, so they to were mad. To me, I thought at
1: first he was most definitely in, but then they finally showed the down they, the goal I, line. And
3: it took them... It, it, people wouldn't have gotten so worked up if they'd have shown that well, replay I got originally. worked up because they didn't show that replay originally. I was like, I how do you not even review it? I'm it not was, saying he yes. was in. Right. I was like, I just want to review. I was saying the same thing, too, because the stupid broadcast didn't show the correct replay until after the entire goal line series when they were going How to did you know break.
1: before they did the goal line series? Because I was texting you about
3: it. Well, I had seen it like right as you sent that. I had just seen it. Oh, really? So it was just perfect timing on seeing that. Uh, no, I mean, the game itself was a complete disaster. It was clearly there was Was a bedlam hangover. Um, Your running back was out. Brennan Presley barely played. By the way, your center was out. Why did Warren Uh, not play? He had an ankle injury. He he just but it it, it, just wasn't talked about beforehand. No, I mean he was hurt in the OU game. He just wasn't too hurt to play, and then he got hurt again in the OU game, and he was just too hurt to play. But uh, I mean, yeah, injuries, turnovers. So and then you run seventeen plays inside your opponent's ten yard line and only score one touchdown. Colby, I mean, you're going to lose that game.
1: I've been high on Gundy this year, but the play calling, you can't have three points and eight plays from the one.
3: Yeah, I just, I honestly don't think Gundy called any of those plays, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that he can't radio up and say, do well, this, Well, I'm saying that. on the one-yard line, he has to have, have the final say, right? I, I don't think he does, though. I think that, really, I think Dunn has autonomy. Is, is And again, that's just what I think, but I think Dunn has autonomy to call those plays. and Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a complete train wreck, complete disaster. But, yeah. Yep. My question is: Who, out of who,
2: wins national championships? How many of them call plays?
3: Uh, how many head coaches call plays? Yeah, head coaches. Yeah, uh, good question. Saban, Saban doesn't. doesn't.
2: Dabo doesn't.
3: Um, Kirby Smart doesn't. He doesn't win. Kirby championships. Smart doesn't. He will this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's I th- yeah. Not very. Because uh, uh, that
2: was one of my criticisms of Lincoln was that I think it's hard to play to be a play caller and a head coach. How are you supposed to? That's you, way too many thoughts.
1: Obviously, going on. Brent Venables won the. Uh, Won the press conference to me. Who do you guys think is going to be his OC while we're talking about that?
2: Uh, Probably Lebby.
3: Unfortunately, I think it's going to be Lebby, which I think the fact that Jeff Lebby is still in college football is disgusting and shameful. He was – a lot of people probably don't remember. He was one of the key guys at Baylor that helped foster the rape culture down there. Um, I mean, it's not OU's fault that he was let back into college football. I I just – every time he gets a new job, I just shake my head. I think
1: he's a heck of an offensive coordinator, though, so I think that would be a good hire football-wise.
3: Football wise, yeah, I just, I, I'll never, I'll never get over what happened at Baylor. But that's just me. Getting I haven't my looked into that bit. stuff
1: enough, but I've just seen you know highlights and different right. things that he's done on the football field. And it looks good.
2: I would like to. I mean, obviously, we're not going to know every scenario, but I mean, he because he is uh, Art Briles' son-in-law. He's, he's he's a son-in-law. Yeah. That yes. is, you talk about a weird situation right there. <laughs> I mean, your your father is your boss, or your father-in-law is your boss, and horrible things are going on at university. What, what are you supposed to do? I mean, obviously you got to do the right thing, but my goodness, that is,
3: I mean, talk about a pickle. Yeah, definitely a bit of a pickle uh, there with that kind of whole family situation. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think Venables is a good hire. It's There were a bunch of names thrown around. I think, didn't we all say last week that we thought it was going to end up being Venables? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, for, the, I think for the most percentage, yeah. That was kind of good. my My question, and I'll ask y'all, y'all are OU fans, Venables wasn't coaching this past weekend. Why did it take a week Because he wasn't their first choice. You think? I think they went to Fickle first, and
1: then Fickle said, you know, after Notre Dame hired their guy, you know, and after Cincinnati made it into the playoffs, he just said now's not the right time. And I'm sure Cincinnati offered him some more money as well. So you think maybe there were
3: just like one or two other guys that they were waiting to hear from? Yeah. and Okay. Well, I think that they they called, like, I I believe,
1: uh, Joe C., that he called Venables first. But oh, yeah, I, But I think that they are also called, you know, Fickle. and I'm sure he did his due diligence.
2: Yeah, I don't know who was the highest on the pecking order, but I do think they just interviewed more people. And I don't know, they're coming out and saying that they didn't, they didn't interview Dan Landing, the guy from Georgia. There was a lot of, a lot I don't, of smoke that he was going to be the coach. But, I mean, I, I think they just wanted to do their due deal, diligence, not hire a coach but in 36 hours. I don't think yeah.
1: that it matters, though, in the long run. I think they got a great guy that the – the fans can get behind, and I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk about how he's been, you know, how he was run out of town in the first place. I think that the fans have kind of learned their lesson that, you know, kind of be careful what you say, and I think that the fans are getting behind Brent Venables, and I think it'll it'll, it'll all work out.
3: You no, know I thought was weird? Venables is one of the most respected defensive guys in the entire country, and the best defensive commit from the 23 class Waited until Venables was hired and then jumped ship. Well,
1: but also what I've heard from that is like, you know, I can't remember who said it. I, I think it was Mark Mangino, of all people, tweeted out. They said if he it can was. flip one way, then he can flip back the other way. Right.
2: Well, and you look at it, He went to A&M. and m might have the best recruiting class ever this year. It's stupid how good they are. Go to 247. They have, like, so many five stars, and like, they got, like, three more five stars that are projected to go to them. Well, it's My deal is It's
1: but, got 10 and 2 written all over. I trust Venables to get guys that will fit his system and will fit the culture of what he wants OU football to be. And so it's not – who cares about the stars right now? Obviously, you want the best talent. But at the same time, I think culture is going to be the main focus where it wasn't with Lincoln.
2: You know, two things is that, one, go back and look at our last four recruiting years. The five stars haven't panned out as well as some of the lower stars. I mean, we got right. having their five stars in the transfer
1: portal. I, and that's one thing that Venables said was he's, you know, not going to be recruiting freshmen like some teams do.
2: Yeah, and like I texted y'all yesterday – if you want to transfer and you don't want to play for that guy, get the hell out of town. You're not a sooner. That guy is unbelievable. And, it, and loves him from Waterburger. And loves him from Waterburger. Who doesn't? All, all it's What's your guys' Waterburger order? Oh, uh, it H- varies honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich yep
1: there we go honey yep. barbecue chicken strip sandwich large fries and a large lemonade
3: it depends if i'm going burger or chicken if i'm going chicken i go honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich if i'm going burger i go patty melt
1: i've never had a burger from Waterburger.
3: you've never had the patty melt either no i've lo- never I, had a bur- I, no it's oh. one of those deals
1: is every oh, time i'm in the drive-thru i'm like i should get a burger but that honey barbecue chicken strip sandwich is so good if it ain't broke don't fix it you need to get a patty melt though but Texas toast buns, you need. To I get heard Matt up. Ravis, our guy Matt Ravis, was talking about breakfast at Waterburger. Is what he gets also he gets the, strong? The uh, honey, honey bis- butter chicken biscuit, yeah, honey butter chicken biscuit, very strong.
2: Why don't more
3: places do chicken strips, cheese, and bread? Such a good idea. That's a great question. Yeah, we should open a restaurant and just call it Chicken Strips, Cheese, and Bread. I think it'd be a hit in Oklahoma. It would be one hundred percent. So Scottsdale, boys, yeah, Scottsdale Desert Golf is the best golf. I can't go back to playing other golf now. After having played desert golf, it is the absolute best. Uh, for whatever reason, it fit my eye. So we go down. We play Wikipaw on Thursday. We play the Saguaro course. Now,
1: where is Wikipaw compared to Phoenix
3: and Scottsdale? So it is, let's see. It's going to be southwest, right? East. East. It's south and then either east or west. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> it's down there. It's it's on the, the Native American Reservation. There's a casino down there. There's a whole bunch of tribal land. And then the golf course sits in the middle. They've got two 36-hole courses. They've got the Chola course, which is the the not lesser course, but you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like that's that course. And then the Saguaro course is like the championship course. So we played the Saguaro course. I mean, course is in perfect shape. It's absolutely awesome. Property's awesome. Uh, so we played it tipped out. It was par 71 Went like sixty nine fifty. Um, so we go out first day.
1: Was uh, it more resort golf or was it more, like like compared to the Raptor at Greyhawk? How was it?
3: Uh, in terms of condition no, or difficulty? As, uh, difficulty. Um, I would say it was not as difficult as Greyhawk. But it was still pretty tough. It, the green complexes at Greyhawk were much more difficult, right. and Greyhawk was longer.
1: Did they have the greens fast
3: at Greyhawk for you?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, we'll get to that. So Talk we'll get, about, we'll to more Greyhawk. about
3: Wicabaugh. So Wicabaugh, great golf course. Um, so we started – I started the round with eight straight pars. Hadn't played golf in six weeks. I took my boot off two days before we went to Scottsdale. Started the round off with eight straight pars, a bogey, a birdie, throw another couple bogeys in there. 18th hole at War, of course, is if there's ever a south wind, it would be an impossible hole. It goes 5.03 from the tips, uphill, par four. You've got to carry it about 250 to get it up on top of the hill into the fairway, Uh, desert everywhere. As you hit your approach shot into the green, which for me was a three-wood because I don't hit it that far, so I went driver three-wood into this 503-yard hole. Uh, (laughs) Pin was in the front, luckily for us. There's bunkers guarding the entire side right. If you're in those bunkers... You have to hit almost a perfect bunker shot to keep it on the green because the green runs away from you. If you miss the green left, it falls off on that side. You're down in the bottom pitching way back uphill. If you don't get it up like Sam Burns, it'll roll right back down to your feet. It's a ridiculous, ridiculous hole. There's a false front. What hole is it? 18. 18. That's the warro. So I went driver three wood, uh, pins in the front. My three wood rolls up to about 10 feet short of the hole. I'm going to be putting straight up the hill for birdie. Catches the false front. Need to roll probably six more inches to get up the false front. Rolls back down off the false front, so now I've got like 60 feet. Lagged it up to five feet. And then, shows you the slope of the green. I played my five-footer for par, six inches outside the right, probably. Made it for a 73 on nice. day one. So the other guy shot 77, 87, 88. So you on day one. For anything? We were playing two-man best ball stroke play. And f- who was it? It was you and
4: It shot was him me, out.
3: a few guys out from the greens, uh, Matt Laguerre, Chevy, uh, Preston Capron, who was down there, we were down there for his birthday trip, and then Tyler Delval was the other guy. So uh, the way it worked out, Chevy and Tyler are two handicaps. Me and Preston were four handicaps, so we paired up a two with a four each day. And then Friday we switched, and the other two went with the other four. We played for 50 a man, best ball stroke play, uh, and then they pressed – after they pressed after number 11 oh shit i mean that's so, how you know it's bad so thursday was me and Chevy we shot 77 and 73 the other two guys who were on a team shot 87 88 so it was just a bad mix up of teams that day uh, so they pressed after 11 we also won the press pretty handily so we took 100 off them on thursday friday we got to play Greyhawk. and i mean guys i'm telling you they should host the national championships every year at Greyhawk between now and forever beautiful huh I mean as soon as you drive in it's just everything is green it's lush palm trees the clubhouse the building the restaurants the atmosphere there's music grill there's music playing out back the Talon course is actually across the street great course too yeah great course they've they've got their own range own facilities own restaurants own clubhouse and pro shop it's actually not their own
1: restaurant it's just a Mexican restaurant that's not affiliated with the golf course over okay, there. Okay, so anyway, yeah. but but it sits right off right. the golf course, it right, sits off, like the, right back off behind the tent tee. Yes, but, yeah, yeah. sits
3: so right there, which and it's uh, the range did good you use? We use the Raptor range. Okay, yeah, on that side. Yep. So we use the Raptor range. We get started. We're playing it from the tips as well. I was a little worried about that because that course goes a little longer. It's a shade under seventy three hundred. Which, which did you play both courses? Uh, no, we just played Raptor. Raptor. Okay. We just played Raptor. Didn't have time for both, so we played Raptor. And it's just, I mean, the condition, even on the putting green, we could tell, like, these things are going to be fast. The green complexes, the greens are huge, massive undulations all over the place. The thing that's Huge cool, fall-offs.
1: Yeah. The, the thing that's cool about Greyhawk is, like, I can have fun playing it, and it's a challenge for me, And but it's – playable enough to where, like, my dad, who plays the white tees and kind of runs it up on some holes, is able to do that out yeah. of Greyhawk.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of holes on both of those courses where you could run it up uh, and you had options as, as to how to play shots. Some of them you couldn't, but a lot of them you could. So, I mean, we we go along at, at Greyhawk playing decent – um, number seven's a par five. I went iron, iron wedge and birdied. And then eight is the par three uh-huh. that it goes a little downhill. Penn was kind of front left, so we couldn't see it. There's a big bowl. It's one of the holes that Logan McAllister aced in the, uh, in the national championships. And we had to wait because it was backed up there. Everybody's taking pictures and stuff. So we had like a 10-minute wait, and we're sitting there. And the guys in my group were trying to remember what holes Logan aced in the national championship mm-hmm. and we'd had him on a few weeks ago so I just texted him and I was like hey man I'm playing Greyhawk with some buddies we can't remember what holes you aced what, what where, where'd the hole in ones show up and he said it was number five and number eight I was like all right perfect we're we're fixing to play number eight uh he's like good luck so I step up on number eight and I hit a six iron and it's going like at the front left of the green and pin's kind of front left but it, it's blind you can't see the hole and one of the guys that I'm playing with Chevy he played there before and he starts walking off to the right and he's like I want to see this if it goes in and I'm like what? I'm like this has a chance and he's like yeah watch watch the way this kicks it hit the big slope on the left so we walk off to the right it actually landed on the green oh it did so it landed about a yard on the green it takes the bowl and dude, this thing is rolling right toward the cup, and I don't know how it didn't go in. It burns the edge and rolls out to like it stops like four inches from the hole. That would have it, been electric. On a guy's trip. I mean, it just it just barely did not go in the hole. It, the amount of alcohol that would have been consumed on the vacation. I'm sure trip, you guys weren't short on it. Oh oh no. Oh no. <laughs> It would have went in if Chevy
2: didn't uh, jinx you on that. It probably, if he
3: didn't say, I want to see if it goes in, it probably would have gone. Yeah. It would It was the voice
2: waves, sound waves from his voice pushed the ball, the inch yeah. off the, where it needed to be.
3: Yeah, the amount of alcohol that would have been consumed, the establishments that would have been frequent in the, that evening, it would have been some full-on degeneracy. Did you guys eat at Phil's Grill? Uh, Which one is that?
1: The one, it's...
3: We went across the street to the Talon course after and ate over there. Oh,
1: you did? Yeah. Okay, yeah. no. It's... The girls Phil... were
3: already over there on the patio, had a, a table and stuff, so we went across the street.
1: Okay, gotcha. On the on the uh at Phil's Grill, it's like right by the putting green, right by the clubhouse where you pay.
3: Yeah, okay. Yep. So I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. And it looked awesome. Great patio. It's great.
1: It's that food is unbelievable. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But. So, uh so we make the turn. So I so I go birdie birdie on 7 8, and then I bogey 9 10 11 12 and 13. Made five bogeys in a row. So I'm 8 over through 13. I par 14 through 17. I go iron iron 9-iron into 18 to like 10 feet, make it for birdie, shoot 79 at the Raptor course from the tips, beat everybody again on day two. We That day was me and Tyler. We were 50 a man, and then they pressed. We won the press as well. So we took 100, 100 off them on Friday as well. Beautiful. It was one of the most remarkable two-day stretches of golf. Paid for your flight home. Uh, paid for paid for my round at Weekapaw. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Free <laughs> golf at Wikipaw. I played all 36 holes with the same golf ball. And I only hit from the desert one time. It was on a 240-yard par 3 at Weka I was like six inches off into the rocks, chipped up and made bogey. Uh, yeah, 36 holes and, with one golf ball, only got in the rocks once.
1: And for our listeners, I mean, it's a public course. How much was it to go play Greyhawk uh, for one so round?
3: So, Weka Paw, after taxes and fees and everything, was like 201 with yep. a cart to go play it. Uh, that's everything included, range balls, practice facilities, all that stuff. Uh, Greyhawk, after taxes and fees and everything, was 275. Gotcha. So, it's... I mean,
1: yeah, it's expensive,
3: but I mean, you're paying for it, but it is, I mean, you want to have that budgeted in when you go on a golf
1: trip. It's, it's a, it's a country club. It, it, it I is. mean, it's a public course, but it's a country club. I mean, it's, it's as nice as it gets out in out in Phoenix other right. than like, uh, whisper rock it, and stuff public, like that. It's public,
3: but Greyhawk is elite. I mean, it's one of the nicest golf courses I've ever yeah. been to and played everything overseeded, everything green, fairways, rough, bunkers are awesome. Um, I mean, even even the desert and everything out there is all smooth. It was Weekapaug was awesome, and it was really impressive, and I would absolutely go back and play Weekapaug again. But Greyhawk was just a whole nother level of, of facility.
1: One thing I like about Greyhawk is it's all just golf. Like yeah, it's. Just golf, like from the time you drive in, the bag boys meet you, grab your clubs, and it's just golf.
3: Yeah, I And love it. They've got, they still have all the national championship stuff up, stuff up. They cool. still got the thing floating in the green, in the water right there by eighteen green, the big yep. national championship like cube. The famous they've water got. where uh, was it? Jamie Lovemark
1: hit the hit the uh, concrete and it bounced out. And I think, the fries.com yeah. dot open yep. against so, Ricky Fowler. Saw,
3: saw the bunker where Highsmith – Hit it from against Oklahoma State in the semis. Yep. Pretty incredible shot. Uh, that hole plays a par five whenever you just play there with your buddies. It's a par four yep. in the in the national championship. So right. uh, so me and another guy made four. The other couple guys made five. Yep. Uh, so good golf hole. And then on the patio up there, they still had the brackets and the leaderboards and everything and the individual champions. They still had all that posted on the wall up on the patio. That's cool. So that's pretty cool, too. It's just kind of setting the atmosphere and everything. So it's a great trip. Fun trip.
1: That's awesome. Uh, speaking
2: of amateur golf, uh, we had some news, right, t in Amateur Golf? Oh, yeah. So I have to pull up all the logistics here, but they essentially announced a big uh, partnership in Amateur Golf. The all Alliance. The- we have an alliance. It's, it's, it sounds like – it's kind of funny. The Alliance sounds like the what the Dubai Tour <laughs> should be. Or, getting Everyone gets paid, and it's amateur golf. No
3: one making any money. Oh, or really? It amateur like,
2: golf? Your website's down? I was thing. just going to say, you know
3: what's crazy? I probably, So this got shared on Twitter, and then it got passed around. So the Sunahana Amateur, the Northeast Amateur, the North and South Amateur, the Transmiss, the Western Am – The Pacific Coast Golf Association uh, event and then the Southern Golf Association event. They're they're these major amateur tournaments every summer. And there was big news yesterday that they've all created this alliance to force this elite amateur golf series that's going to take place throughout the summers. And I promise you, AmateurGolf.com was not prepared for the amount of traffic that they were going to get on this story because once it went viral on Twitter and some of the bigger guys were tweeting it out and stuff and then everybody got a hold of it. I mean, it went viral and everybody's talking about what a great deal this is and this Elite Amateur Series and now their site's down so we don't have all the like intricate details for you but what well, we can get them on the next show when their site's back up. It's, it's a pretty cool little series that they've put together for Amateur Golf. And to me,
1: I don't think you know, for tournaments like the US Open and the Masters, they have enough great amateurs in there. I think that it would be cool if they got if the winner of this series got an invite to the US Open and the Masters, because, you know, obviously the winner in the runner up of the US Am gets into the Masters and the Pacific Am gets into the Masters and um, but I think that winning a series like this of the Biggest tournaments, it would be like a full college. It's it's a full college golf schedule in the middle of the summer. Except you have guys from all around the world. It's tougher uh, than NCAA golf. And the winner of this series is going to be a big time player. It would be like um, you know a st- upcoming star on the PGA tour. It would be the likes of in the past if they had this series. Guys like DeShambeau would have won it. Guys like Matt Wolf would have won it and stuff like that. So it's going to be really interesting to see whoever wins this series is going to be a big time name for years to come.
2: Yeah, here's an excerpt from GolfDigest.com regarding the issue. The centerpiece of the series is a competition for the Elite Amateur Cup, so that's kind of like a FedEx Cup for amateur golf. Golfers earn World Amateur Golf Ranking Points throughout their finishes in each individual event, and the player with the most points overall will be declared the winner. In turn, he will receive a sponsor's exemption into the PJ Tour's Butterfield Bermuda Championship. The top five players in the year-end rankings will get exemptions into the U.S. Amateur and into U.S. Open final qualifying for the next year, provided they remain amateurs. So, once again, the stupid rule that you have to make
3: Amateurs provided but, they remain amateurs. I anyway, we've, we've railed about that before, but yes, anyway, go, go so, on,
2: I, so at the end, at the end of the day, the top five players on this are going to get some pretty cool stuff. And so, yep. I mean, obviously winning gets you into the Bermuda championship, which great strength to Field at 69, but it'll be a little <laughs> better next year, I think than, than it was this year. But I think that's really cool. I just think it's just another, the
3: experience of teaming up on the tour.
2: Yeah, exactly, and I just I think it's another step of just growing amateur golf in a way. They tried to do it with limiting some of the amateur restrictions, still think they could have done a lot more with that. But at the same time, I think this is a great step because at the end of the day, besides, these are the biggest amateur events in the country, besides USAM. And so, I mean – like you said, the Western Am is probably the second biggest amateur tournament out there, or third, something like, besides the British Am or whatever. Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously, Scott Verplank won the Western Am and the Western Open in the same year, uh, back in 1985,
2: right? Yeah, second, so, or something like that. Yeah, second to last player, besides Phil, to win on the tour as yeah, an amateur. Yep, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. big time, big time stuff. So, great for the game, uh, great for amateur golf, love seeing them just continue to do things to make amateur golf better, and hopefully there will be a good way to consume some of those tournaments, some good live scoring and maybe... I mean, hey, maybe we get a Golf Channel out there in the summer. Get us a a final round of the final event, something like that. It was so much on the line. Because whenever you add stakes to something, then we want to watch it. And whenever you're giving invites to all these events and tournaments and stuff, there's there's stuff on the list we off see. the
1: courses that those tournaments are at. Uh,
3: not this year,
2: no. But we could we could I look mean we up. could we'll go through that, and find. Yeah, it, we'll but, have right. that. We'll have that. Obviously,
1: for, it's the Western, the Southern, the Sunny Hannah, the transmit. Transmiss. Yeah, yeah, at the end of the
2: day, these tournaments don't need to be televised like first round on. But the no. last round, of these tournaments should be able I to agree. watch at least some live stream or something. I mean, at the end, these are the biggest amateur tournaments in the world. Like I said, so I mean, I, yeah. we have to get some type of viewership.
3: There was an only new detail Brintley Romine from Golf Channel tweeted this out. Uh, It was announced today at the Coaches Convention in Las Vegas and the only new detail that was announced today is that the Elite Amateur Golf Series is, and this part is in quotes, supporting a similar effort with Elite Women's Amateur Events to provide similar opportunities for the best female amateurs in the world. That was a question I saw some people throwing around yesterday was, are we going to have something similar on the women's side? And it looks like they are efforting to get something similar on the women's side, uh, which is great. Continue to grow amateur golf, continue to grow women's golf, just continue to grow the game.
2: I wonder one thing about Thought that would be different, and I know
3: some of these are don't
2: have all women, but at the same time, you know the Augusta Women's National Amateur is a, by far the biggest amateur tournament, in my opinion. I think it's probably bigger than the U.S. Let women's. Me, amateur, let me ask opinion.
1: you guys a question: Would it be better to get an exemption into a tournament like the Bermuda Championship that you might be able to compete in a, a little easier than a major? Um, I,
2: th- I Let's think. Like, say, would you rather that's play? A good in question. Would
1: if you're obviously a on top amateur. But here's the caveat, obviously. You have to stay AM, and if you're that good to win that series, you're probably going to turn pro. Well,
3: that's what I was going to say. If you plan on turning pro, I think you'd rather have the Bermuda invite because you don't have to stay AM to get the Bermuda invite, I don't believe, right? I didn't see it on here, but you know h- how it is. They I, might, I wouldn't think so. That, that would be really ignorant,
2: but they're ignorant with a lot of amateur. Right, race, but
3: so. then to accept the USGA invite, you have to stay amateur. So if I was going to stay AM, I'd rather have the USGA invite. If I was going to turn pro, I'd rather have the Bermuda invite.
2: And, and at, you know, also yeah. one element to this is the Bermuda isn't in the United States. And so, you know, maybe if it was right. in the United States, it might be a little better. Right. But at the same time, you know, playing in a major championship, that's, that's experience you can't replicate ever. Yeah. So, I mean, that's – if you're – but at the same time, too, you know, if you're just coming out, it's, you know, do you really need to make a little bit of cash to get along? Or are you trying to progress your career to be the best player in 10 years? And I think that would be playing in the major –
3: yeah, you're probably right. Case-by-case case basis, I'm, I'm sure guys will do what's best for them. Uh, good stuff today. Good stuff always. We'll take a break. Come back later in the week. I believe, gentlemen, correct me if I'm wrong, we have set aside some time later in the week. We are going to craft Humpman National for our great listeners. Thursday? I, I believe so. All right, Thursday. So. We. I'm
1: going to do some research, get my par fives together, and we're going to all – and the rules are to go over them one more time this is not a draft like we normally do. This is we're creating Huntman National, which is a 18-hole par five course of the best par fives in the country or in the world. Uh, and so we will have to have a majority vote. And I would have to say on at least on at least nine of them, on it, at least nine of them, they got to be all three of us got to agree on them.
3: Yeah, yeah, and I think that I think we'll agree on, on Most nine. Of them. I think all yeah. three of us will agree on nine because there's some that are just the absolute best in the world. But we'll get into it more on Thursday. We'll get into it more on Thursday. So listen to that as we craft Huntman National, an 18 hole course consisting and that's a of, full the, show. of the best 18 par fives from around the world. We're just going to put a full show together that is Huntman National. So listen to that coming out later this week. We appreciate you listening uh, every week to the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.